Some people find it really tough to scale. Some people find it difficult to filter out the frauds. But at a point where cricket actually required the kind of awareness plus adoption and the kind of scale that I'm talking about from zero to five million installs in about three to four months, I think USC helped us a lot, keeping the overall cost per acquisitions at a level which was acceptable and also ensuring that we did not have a lot of bad quality users coming in. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to the teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. Super excited to have our next guest, Sid Jenna, who is currently the head of marketing at Cricket.com. Previously, Sid led marketing team at companies like Head of Digital Works, Quicker and Startups Club. Super impressive. Very excited to have you sit out to the show. And also joining me today in interviewing you, we have Govind, who is uh, the head of APAC for Branch. So welcome both to the show. Hi, guys. Hi, I'm pretty excited to uh, be on this, Mada. Uh, I think uh, uh, although our timings don't match, but I've been waiting for this. So pretty, as I said, it's, it's, it's something that I was looking forward to. So thanks for having me here. Yeah, it's, it's amazing having you. Let's begin with how you're doing. This year, 2020, was a crazy year, so different uh, than others. You know, I've been traveling around the world, and my plan when I started this podcast was to actually come to India and interview a lot of uh, my guests, and now everything's online. How are you doing? How have the year been for you during these crazy times, both professionally and personally? You put it across rightly, right? And uh, things uh, have been crazy this year. I mean, 2020 entirely. Uh, I think uh, March is when India specifically went on a lockdown. I'm sure Govind would know. And uh, just at the verge of one of the biggest sporting events that happens in India at that point of time, right? IPL, which is, again, something our business models, where I come from, rely on heavily in terms of revenue, in terms of any kind of KPIs that are attached to the business at that point of time. So it was a sudden stop. I'm sure you guys would agree because things were fine till February for us in the country and everything was planned. Uh, business was as usual. And then suddenly there was a hard stop and it just disrupted everything that you've planned. And we need to relook into things and figure out, okay, how and how do we strategize the whole thing again? And how do we ensure that our KPIs are not hampered in a way where it is not recoverable and a lot of different kind of thought processes came into the picture. We we had to act fast. We had to ensure all our marketing efforts, which were put in previously, did not go in vain. We also had to ensure that the the marketing efforts, which would be coming in the in the stages of the pandemic or or the lockdown, are are also something that are taking into consideration the kind of growth that is expected. And yeah, so it's been crazy, but it has been also quite uh, eye opening in terms of how things can change overnight and how you need to be prepared for things. And um, fortunately for us, we've been, we, we are in a situation currently where the, the tournaments have uh, started again and we are back on track with our stipulated KPIs. So professionally, yes, it was a speed breaker for us. We were at a hap- rapid growth phase. We have resumed again. Hopefully, we'll reach the scale uh, pre-COVID pretty soon. And personally, yes, it, it has been scary, 
like the most of us uh, in the initial stages, it, it, it also has been, it, it has given us perspective in terms of how uh, unpredictable things can be and how you need to make the most of what you have. And yeah, that's about it. And for our listeners who might not be super familiar with cricket.com, one thing about our podcast, it's very global. Yes. Can you describe a little bit what your company does and also what happened with cricket and the cricket season in India? What 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 happened when COVID started? You you mentioned that you guys are back on, but were you off for a while? Yeah. Maybe uh, give some background to our, for our audience. So uh, cricket in India is more of a mass following kind of a event that happened, right? I mean, people here uh, treat cricket as one of the religion. There's huge fan following. The kind of users that an app like cricket.com can have can vary from millions in terms of the user base. And cricket has always been something which is really close to the people's heart in, in the country here. And cricket.com specifically is a platform which is trying to change the way people consume content around cricket so there are players in the market already which have which have been there uh, for the last 14 to 15 years basically trying to give users a second screen experience of all the matches that that come across in the country and cricket.com wanted to get into that space with a differentiator which was important for us where we are trying to position ourselves as one platform where people are able to make sense out of all the data that that uh, comes in with the kind of content that cricket has currently, right? So uh, we, we have a very strong AI and ML mechanism which is able to give out predictions in terms of who's going to win, uh, how are the teams going to perform, uh, player-specific predictions, which make the entire second screen experience more exciting. It tries and brings in more value to the kind of uh, consumption of content that is happening currently. This is where we are. We are trying to change the way users are actually consuming content consuming data around cricket and we're trying to make it palatable for them and yeah at a stage that we are at as i rightly said in the beginning with the tg or, or the the user base for us is huge uh, that we can target so we are at a stage that where, where we are seeing hyperscale happening currently ipl is uh, obviously aiding us in that and this has been something that i have been associated with for the last one and a half years and it's been pretty exciting since then uh, Siddharth, great. You said uh, cricket being such a you know mass uh, thing in India. Growing up in India, all I could think of was cricket. There was only one conversation before and after school that was cricket. So uh, we will talk a little bit more about you know some of the specific ex as aspects of IPL because that's what is happening right now and it's the most interesting conversation I'm sure for every cricket fan out there. Yes. So before that, Siddharth, can you describe some of the experiences outside of your professional life that makes make you you? What are you most passionate about outside of your professional career? It might sound uh, cliche and, and, and with that risk, I I would still tell that I love traveling. I like traveling a lot. I've, uh, I try and grab the opportunity for traveling every time I get one. I do a lot of solos across the country and sometimes outside the country as well. With the pandemic, that was again a hard stop for me. So personally, when you guys ask me how it has been, I have been away from traveling for quite some time. And uh, now uh, I've been looking forward to that. But again, having said that, I think I also feel uh, fortunate enough to be able to have the kind of passion required for marketing as a whole. So uh, somewhere there is this merging of my passions across. I mean, I am equally passionate about what I do at work as much as I am passionate about traveling. So 
it just helps me grow it helps me understand the ecosystem better it helps me at least excel in my own domain so um, as i said i i find myself fortunate enough to be able to stay passionate about the work that i do so it's really interesting to hear about your passions and what drives you outside of work but i think what would be very interesting for our listeners that they think about growth stories what's your personal career growth how did you get your position today I am a computer science engineer and Govind would uh, second me here that a lot of us are engineers because we are supposed to be engineers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I am a computer science engineer post which I had a small little stint uh, where I experienced the domain uh, marketing as a whole first time. Uh, I uh, somehow was not inclined towards coding. Maybe I just didn't, I was not cut for it but uh, yeah from the beginning right from the time that i was a kid i used to love watching the ads on the tv more than the program that was airing so that has been something which has always fascinated me and and I, i've always been amazed by the way brands have persuaded consumers across decades right so this this was something that was always there at the back of my mind and post my engineering i as i said i was working for an fncg company for a small bit where i actually understood the nuances of what marketing are what how can they be diversified and post which i i figured that i definitely want to learn more about this and that's how i went ahead and did my management and got the degree post which it, there, there has been no turning back it has always been me getting into the the role that i really that really interests me and the role which is uh, specific to marketing as a domain and across the 9 years of my experience i think i i could uh, uh, rightfully say that i've seen marketing change from what conventional marketing was at least in the indian ecosystem to what it is now there were three phases as as we try and put it one was the way tv uh, or the conventional atl btl used to drive the kind of sales for for companies which were big then came the startup ecosystem where a lot of new businesses came across and they were innovative enough to figure out ways to reach out to their audience through social through google through various platforms which we today call as growth hacking or digital marketing or various other name nomenclatures across i again i i think i was a bit fortunate enough to see this change happening first hand and adapt to it uh, where a bit of an understanding of the way traditional marketing works and and how it has evolved helps me put across pointers in a way, put across strategies in a way where it it helps the company grow holistically so i think that's that's what helps me currently as well where i have seen both part of how uh, marketing has evolved and 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 i try and put in the best uh, uh, possible ways from both of these methods and and both of these practices so personally if you ask me i think i have seen a career where i have been passionate about doing something in the domain and it has helped me reach where i am today we spoke a little about uh, ipl would love to deep dive a bit about this topic because it's not only the most important time of the country in terms of cricket but also the most important opportunity for apps like yours yes because uh, just just to sort of uh, roll back uh, i think when when i was working in india i when during the times of ipl cricket.coms uh, cricket.com was most popular because we sitting in the office that was the only way we could get an update yeah on what's happening the score etc and just for the audiences who are hearing across the world ipl is similar to epl and any of the uh, nba that happens uh, in the united states as well yeah. so now that we are in the in the ipl is happening midst of pandemic 
what has changed in terms of user behavior and what are you doing differently uh, in terms of engaging with your users? Sure, sure, Govind. So because that, that's a very uh, interesting question because this is something that comes up on our boardrooms uh, quite often because engagement is key for us in terms of KPIs. And um, as you said, right, last IPL, cricket.com was uh, at a phase where it had just launched and we've got a lot of positive reviews from across in terms of how cricket.com is, the seamlessness of the app. And we've, we'd also got a lot of real-time reviews in terms of what else are the users looking for. So IPL, as you rightly put, is one of the biggest tournaments or biggest uh, sporting events that happens in the country. And uh, businesses like ours, like cricket.com and FanFight. Uh, also, which comes under the same roof. Uh, FanFight is a fantasy uh, uh, cricket app uh, similar to Dream11. I'm sure you guys would know. Because there's a very heavy correlation in the kind of TG that these both drive, although the fantasy TG is way smaller than the kind of mass that I'm talking about. IPL becomes extremely crucial for both these, both these businesses. And uh, the reason that I'm telling you this is because obviously on any given day pre-COVID, India or any kind of cricket tournaments used to comprise of 10 to 12 days a month, right? So all my projections were around uh, cricket or sporting events that were happening across the year, monthly 10 to 12 events. And a lot of my acquisition and retention used to be around these events, uh, wherein I, I made the product discoverable, also drove adoption and tried to retain these users across a month more for the next sporting event. So that has been the journey till now. But for IPL, it's a, it's a burst of matches across uh, one and a half months or more. And uh, there's a lot of scope in terms of letting people know about cricket.com and ensuring the kind of adoption that is required for the stickiness. So, yeah, and the scenario currently hasn't changed much. In fact, it has been a little more in terms of the traction that could have been before IPL because a lot of users or a lot of people have been confined to their homes have been inside the their houses for a lot of time and they were actually looking forward to IPL but from a second screen experience Govin you only open an app for cricket when you do not have enough time to watch just like you said right you try and follow them uh, follow these uh, these updates on, on real time because you're too busy actually following them uh, on TV or on live but uh, with the pandemic because there's a lot of time that people can manage when they're working from home it was a challenge for us to ensure that people are coming into the app. So a lot of engagement techniques in terms of gamification, in terms of giving out information firsthand, which people might not be getting across through a live telecast, in terms of having a few uh, noted uh, celebrities or, or people who are uh, known in the cricket field to come in and give their approach towards what a particular product feature is. And uh, these were the things that, that helped us maintain our engagement also uh, although we saw a dip, but we were able to get it back at least during the IPL. So pandemic, obviously, we were expecting a dip in the kind of traction that the app gets because there was no cricket at all, right? So post that, when IPL came in, we were we we had campaigns, we had brand campaigns, we had performance campaigns all planned in terms of how we are trying to get our users and get the adoption right. So it has been very important for us. We we are at a stage where we're almost uh, halfway through the tournament. And I think the major uh, turnaround matches would be around the end during November where the finals come in. And the strategy is to be able to make the most of those days as well. So currently we are there. The model that Cricket works on is basically trying to educate people about uh, how data can be useful and interesting in terms of Cricket content. So we also try and 
create a funnel through cricket.com to fan fight for educating people how to play fantasy and and coming in and actually trying their hand so that's the funnel that we are currently looking at we're trying to ensure that we are able to give people enough leeway and understanding for a non fantasy player to also convert into a fantasy player and at least try their hand so this is again something that we are doing and ipl is helping us of course is there any specific um, mobile acquisition or a mobile engagement campaign organic or paid that you've done during this time that you have seen because you mentioned that before pre covid there were many use cases for people to use your app uh, you know naturally yes. now that people are at home was there any specific campaign uh, that you have launched that you know, that you could share your experience or learnings post the lockdown i think what became important for us is to shift our focus from actual matches to content which are around cricket right i mean when there are no matches people would want to go back and learn about cricket a little bit more so the uspforcricket.com which i just said is is being able to present data in a palatable form we in fact incorporated all our campaigns to cover old matches in a way which makes it interesting for the users to come back and know about what has happened how has cricket evolved we also had specific campaigns where we were having contests around trivias uh, specific to cricket where the existing users could take part in contest and win prizes or or take away something which is tangible uh, out of engagement specific campaigns or channels no we were utilizing these the channels that were active pre covid as well but yes the the campaign communication had to change the way we were reaching out to users had to change and our focus also changed to be able to figure out how to engage our existing users and not let them churn rather than going and acquiring more users we we focused a lot on our retention and engagement metrics at this point of time so a lot of our in app campaigns were active at that point of time a lot of our retargeting to come back on the top of the mind for users that cricket.com is there you can follow your uh, daily news there there's a content team which which comes up with news and their kpis is to come come up with news as fast as possible so these were some of the hacks or changes that we're supposed to come in or or restructuring of the strategy in terms of ensuring that we don't lose out on our baus and maus extensively this this super interesting i think you know sometimes we focus so much on what's working now during covid i think it would be very interesting for the audience to also hear maybe some of the growth stories yeah. and the growth campaigns from before covid do you have any examples of stories of things that worked really well but also maybe things that failed do you thought they're going to drive a lot of growth and then didn't because i think those can be interesting too yes yes absolutely so pre covid again i mean the situation pre covid was for me to come in and have a hyper testing done of all the channels and campaigns that are working and then scale it right because we were we were at a pace which required us to figure out what is going wrong and and fail fast and then ensure that your channels are scaling properly so we didn't have a lot of time or or the leeway to be able to test it out for months and then figure out optimizations and then scale our growth so we had to do it uh, really quick to be precise uh, i had one month to be able to test all the channels i joined them at a stage where they were they were growing from 0 to 1 we had steep targets where we had to run from 0 to 100 at a rapid scale because we were 3 months down with the the campaign started 3 months before ipl and we needed to have certain level of uh, uh, users already active 
to ensure that our MOUs and DAUs and retention and engagement are fine. So some of the growth stories I specifically inquired would be us looking at various channels in the beginning, Facebook, Google, USC, third-party affiliates, understanding how scaling works there, figuring out what gives us the kind of users that we are looking for and minimizing churn from them. Google USC, as you guys might know, does not give us a lot of leeway or a lot of control over what can be done, right? So it's an algorithm which learns and takes a little bit of a time to learn. But having said that, it can work as a charm if you have your targeting done well and if everything falls in place. So I think one of the major factors for us to be able to hyperscale was USC. I know there's a lot of debate about how USC works in the app ecosystem. Some people find it really tough to scale. Some people find it difficult to filter out the frauds. But at a point where cricket actually required the kind of awareness plus adoption and the kind of scale that I'm talking about from zero to five million installs in about three to four months, I think USC helped us a lot, uh, keeping the uh, overall cost per acquisitions at a level which was acceptable and also ensuring that uh, we did not have a lot of bad quality users coming in. By bad quality, I mean people who churn out. All right. So I think USC has helped us immensely. Figuring out your third-party partners or affiliates at the early stages becomes extremely important. One of the growth catalysts that I would probably cite would be some of the affiliates that we have worked with. They took time to understand how to scale, but once that is done, you can always rely on them to bring in those numbers when it is really needed, right? So when you're trying to play around with your Facebook and Google and you need some backup in terms of your numbers, I think figuring out your affiliates early at this stage uh, is really important. So yeah, that kind of briefly sums up my growth story at Cricket. There's a lot of, uh, firstly, we have noticed that you write a lot of LinkedIn posts on talking about, uh, you know, specific aspects of marketing approach. Uh, there's, I mean, as we were talking about, there is still a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace and marketers are trying to figure out how best to communicate uh, with the customers uh, during these times. Yeah. So do you have any recommendation or advice for the brands or the folks that are uh, listening to this in the shift uh, to an empathy-based marketing approach? I believe you've written something on this. Yes, yes. I think I've been, uh, I've highlighted that more often than less because uh, it's very easy to try and hold on to crisis and uh, leverage on it, right? I mean, it, it's just, it's extremely tempting to do that. But brand equity is something which a lot of people do not foresee. I mean, it's, it's not something that can be short-sighted. You, you need to look at a larger road for your brand, at least. I'm not talking about your performance. I'm talking about how, how people or how your users at least perceive your brand. So, so trying to have an empathy-driven approach is something which might not have direct results, which might not show your uh, numbers coming in immediately, but it definitely does not leave a negative impact if I have to put it up across that way. So if the trade-off is between taking the risk and trying to leverage on something which might not be the best thing to do because it's a, it's a worldwide crisis, right? I mean, you need to probably empathize with the entire world at that point of time and not try and leverage into how to take advantage of the situation and, and have campaigns driven through that. But if you are able to at least take a stand in terms of how solidarity is working currently against the virus and then try and build your equity, I think that that goes a long way. That was something that I personally believed in and I, I've seen a, a few brands trying to take advantage of, of the situation, but 
you know, it's always going to be short-lived. It's it's going to be something which does not build your equity. And I try and refrain from that. I, I As I told you in the beginning, Govind, I've seen a lot of traditional marketing happening in the beginning. Back then, sentiments were everything because marketers did not have the kind of connect they have with their users currently or with their customers. So everything was sentiment-driven and no one could go wrong there because it makes or breaks your brand. So I think somewhere we need to bring that back. And that's what I try and keep across uh, my campaigns as well, where we do not take undue advantage of any kind of situation. So true. I, I know Mada also is a big fan of emotion-based marketing at brand. We always talk about it. I'm so glad you're, you're talking about that, Siddharth. Yeah, I think, I mean, the essentials of marketing was always rooted to sentiments, right? I mean, Kotler also told us that in his book, where people buy emotions, not your product. So I think I just have that in my mind and I'm trying to take it forward that way. And I like that a lot. I think as Govin knows, and I, I've actually written my own blog post around empathy and how to like brands that are showing empathy during this time. So the brands are going to succeed. So I saw you wrote the, when I saw you wrote the LinkedIn article about it, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> um, super interesting. I think when you take a step back and you think about your career and your learnings, what kind of advice do you have for others? Do you have any mentors or people that helped you along the way? And how do you give back to others? I, I get this a lot in terms of in terms of what advisors can go across on the table because uh, I usually come up to them and tell I, I can give you the whole world's advice, but your pathway as compared to mine or anyone else's for that matter is going to be so different that you probably just need to have your principles and your core in place and then everything falls in place. So uh, by core and principles, I know these are heavy words, but I think just knowing that, yes, this is something that I'm passionate about is going to do 80% of your job where you know this is exactly what you want to do. You will automatically be driven to do the best at it, right? Because you really like it and you, you want to be able to create an impact in that particular domain. So all the advices go in vain unless and until there is no inclination towards what you're doing and it's 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 easily said than done i'm sure but if you are able to find that fit as you marketers rightfully say product market fit for the pg here it's your career interest fit so if you're able to get that uh, right in the beginning anything for that matter i think half or more than half of your uh, uh, job is done you you start putting in 100% of your to ensure that everything is fine but in terms of my mentors or any people that I'll, I have looked up to, I think I've been fortunate enough to have my superiors who have always helped me in terms of giving me the kind of freedom that is required to bring out ideas, fail at them at the earliest possible, try out different things and also have your success attributed to you. So in terms of my mentors, I think all the people that I've worked with, uh, all of them uh, across my careers, right from the people that I've worked with in the team, the people that I've worked for, they've been extremely supportive. They've been really helpful. And I think that that has helped me stand where I am today. I think learning is a continuous process. I, I keep learning every day. I'm sure you guys would know. And you also agree that no matter where you are, you can't stop learning. And I always would learn something from someone who's working beside me. So that's, that's one attitude I would like, I would probably want everyone to have. It just helps build a really, really strong base in terms of how your team is growing together. And um, as I said, I think advisors would be just try and figure out what you like and everything else is going to be in place. I think so true, Siddharth. Talking about inspiration, 
you know, in the last six months have given us all a hard look at ourselves, whether it's a work or personal lives and everything combined. So any big takeaways, personal or professional uh, to share after all this that uh, you've gone through? And of course, everyone in the world, but from your perspective, what are the big takeaways? The biggest learning that I probably would want to cite here would be the fact that, I mean, everyone should be able to contemplate or understand the fact that nothing is going to be permanent. I'm not talking about this from a philosophical angle, but I'm just talking about things where, you know, next three months projections are XYZ, but anything in the market can change. I'm talking purely from a professional point of view where staying flexible in terms of your plans and strategies becomes the paramount uh, requirement currently with the kind of uncertainty that that can come across at any given point of time. So having scalable models and flexibility attached to them becomes extremely crucial. So let's say your plan A fails, you should probably have plan B and C active with the equal kind of impact. Not necessarily that it is possible all the time, but at least having a plan B to mitigate risks would be important for any kind of uncertainty. So that's one takeaway that I am going to take from this entire year where you probably start preparing for the worst as well. Because because traditionally, if you are you put in a plan, you put in projections, you always look about talk about what's going to happen six months, seven months, eight months, 12, one year from now. And it's always a positive outlook, right? That's why you are you are trying to project it. But also having plans to be able to back your, to be able to understand if things go wrong, how you're going to mitigate it, something that, that is really important. That's professionally, women. And personally, I think on the similar lines, uh, understanding that things are quite unpredictable and things can change overnight. You need to be able to do things which you like the most and uh, try and uh, devote some time for yourself. We have busy lives now. It's extremely uh, busy for all of us. And work from home currently has given us no boundaries in terms of time. People work all the time. So giving yourself time, making some time for seeing your mind and, and just appreciating the fact that you're, you're here uh, and everything is fine becomes extremely important. So that's something that I'm going to take away personally from this entire situation. I think uh, that's amazing advice. <laughs> I think all of us probably benefit from that. Yes. And I think before we end, yeah, we have our lightning round, which is three fun, a little bit silly questions to get the audience to get to know you better. Perfect. So if you had to delete all the apps you had on your phone and you could only keep one, what would that be? I would say Facebook ads, but let's not consider that app now. I think I'll keep um, Netflix. Cool. Entertainment. When you ask this question, there's some people who are p- picking games and entertainment and some people who are p- picking communication. Oh, and you are in entertainment. I, I love I, it. I thought about WhatsApp and all the forms of communication, but it's like, okay, fine. I can probably stay a year without it. I just took that timeline. Think, in mind. <laughs> it definitely tells a lot about someone's personality, which came therein. Next one, if you had an app that allowed you to talk to an animal, mm. what animal would you pick? I would definitely invest in an app which lets me talk talk to my pet, who's, which is a dog. Okay. So uh, What kind of dog? Uh, he's an um, indie mix. He's basically a rescue. I got him from somewhere where he was abandoned. And uh, now he rules the house and I am basically staying with him. I'm just paying the rent, but he's the owner of the house. (laughs) And yeah, if there was a way to communicate with him, it would be 
really fun i think so that would be an app i would definitely invest on <laughs> agreed same here yeah i also have my dog i don't know if you can look at my video but yeah, she's in the back yes and okay so last one what's the most unlikely app on your phone unlikely app all right i'm pretty old school that way so i don't have any news apps i actually get the paper and read it every day in the morning so i spend some time to read my newspaper at least 20 minutes i keep getting news from across you don't need to have a news app currently facebook also throws news at you but i do not like to keep a news app because it's always pinging you know so i dedicate some time to understand about the world and then i move on so that that's something i might not have cool that's interesting yeah. and unexpected <laughs> well siddharth it was really awesome having you i think your insights have been really fascinating learning about you know the cricket markets how covid affected it how you guys adapted it's been super interesting and uh we really really appreciate having you on the show today it's a pleasure that it was great govin and mada it was lovely meeting you guys thank you so much for listening if you like the show please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career until next time keep growing <laughs>